Big fluff. So, 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 what was the titties like? Bro? Yeah, describe her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, she great tits. Oh no 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 no! But I mean like detail though. Does she have like you know them little pink teeny nipples? Oh yeah. Or, like or like the long National Geographic nipples? Long. You have like the the bumpy Braille nipples, the Stevie Wonders. Yeah, they were nice. You know, and like you grab a woman's breast and it's and you you feel it and it feels like a bag of sand. When you're touching it. Bag of sand. You know what I mean. Why don't we just play? Why don't we just deal the cards? What are you talking about? Have you ever felt a breast before, man? <laughs> yes. I'm Joel Murphy. This is Hobo Radio. And with me, Lars Periwinkle. How are you doing? I'm so glad you said your name. I was like, Joel, Joel O'Shaughness. I could not remember. It's been a while. So you were just going to go for a generic Irish last generic name? Generic Irish something yeah. or other. Is it That's Joel fair. McGinnis? <laughs> Joel Shamrock Clover. <laughs> Joel drunken bar fight. That's that's the Notre Dame's mascot, right? They're the Notre yeah, Dame yeah, drunken bar fight. That that little guy. His name is probably Joel. Probably. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. For the listeners at home, Joel's doing the thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I loved that little mascot when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> and then I grew up, and I was like, I, you know, it's, it's accurate, but it's did they have to? <laughs> I, love, I love irish culture because you can be as mean about it as you want and it's always like yeah that's us iris and the italians are the last ones you can still it's still okay to do this by the way hey big pizza pie you can still do yep. that yeah yep. it's fine yep. <laughs> we don't make fun of the french anymore because we don't care enough yeah yeah but no it's it has been a minute but we had to come back because as as longtime fans know, if we were if we're about one thing consistently on this show, if we were founded on one thing, it's talking about Batman. Na 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 na. Because we yeah, it was insanely 2008 that you and I started doing this. Yeah. Oh my God, what's the date? Yeah, oh, it's, it's the middle of June. So. Um, happy 15th anniversary. Yeah, we should look I up. Forgot. I don't know what, uh, what's 15. Do you know? Like what? Um, I think that is the oral anniversary. That's where we talk about Batman. So that makes sense. Okay. Yes. By oral, <laughs> I meant verbal. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I assumed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We could just take turns or I know a handy trick to get it both done at the same time. That's <laughs> I thought that was for your 69th anniversary. <laughs> All right. 
Um, yeah, but I don't know why you're bringing that up because a Batman movie hasn't come out in in some time in a, in a little bit. Um, the last one was that Robert Pattinson, I believe, like March 2021 or something. So, yeah, with the, the Robert Pattinson Batman. one, which should be known as Dumb Batman, and I just mean that literally that he is uh, the dumbest version of the character that has ever existed. I keep, I keep watching it, man. I keep watching it, and uh, I. Every time I watch it, I find the things that pissed me off the most are pissing me off less and less. But it's still like it just I can't get it to congeal for me. It's just yeah. not there. No, but it has all the iconic dumb Batman scenes like trying to get into nightclub and can't and write stuff on floor, but doesn't figure anything out. <laughs> foils zero of the villain's plans and also my favorite alfred opens mail bomb (laughs) (laughs) what's this what's all this then what's this then better open it isn't it (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh but no my friend there is a movie that may not be called a batman movie but -hmm. it's a movie with a batman in it Oh, sure, sure, sure. Just tangentially, probably. I mean, look, I'm going to be real with you and with everyone listening. There are a lot of reasons not to see The Flash. And uh, most of them have to do with the star. And that's fair. And also just a lack of trust in DC. But I'm I'm in general pretty, pretty like calloused to this era that we live in of endless IP of like, we make a hundred Jurassic parks. We like anything that had any cachet from our childhood has been bled dry (laughs) at this point in the name. There's a new transformers movie. How insane is that? That there's just a transformers movie out there right now. But anyway, (laughs) I not much has a lot left in it to ring dry, but you you put Michael Keaton in a Batman costume and you you play Danny Elfman's score and you have Keaton say, I'm Batman. And all logic goes out the window. Mm. I'm eight years old. It's fantastic. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, they didn't play any prints? No prints? Uh, no, no Prince, which I do Aww. think is a knock that I, I think that would have been a nice Easter egg. Yeah, I have. As we're recording this, we were talking about this before we started. I have seen the movie and you have not yet. And don't yes. worry, like, I'm not going to spoil anything. I don't care. But okay, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, I guess not for the listeners. <laughs> but yeah, for the listeners, because I, I know some of them care. But uh, no, I mean, I I enjoyed seeing Michael Key like. I think what I really want to talk about, because I don't even care that much about talking about the movie. I enjoyed it. Like, I liked it for whatever that's worth. But Mm. I think what really clicked watching it is there's never... I mean, this is not in question, but like, you're just reminded, and we were talking about this too, that he is now 71 years old as this comes out. 71. Man, he look good. There has never been a better Batman than him. Like, just... Live action. Live action, because Kevin Conroy, obviously, mm-hmm. rest in peace. But uh, he's the best live action Batman, and it's because he's crazy. Like, he just... It is. It's because he's crazy. It's because he played... He played Bruce Wayne, 
because I think we've always said that that you don't cast Batman, you cast Bruce Wayne. Yeah, because Batman at Batman. this point, especially, is just is just a voice like this. Right. If you can do this voice, then you can be Batman. Yes. Yeah. There's and two things that, you have to do that voice, and then the other thing is that you have to not be wearing hockey pants. Hockey pants. <laughs> That's the other one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. It's a gravelly voice. There's been a lot of Batman in our lifetime at this point. But yeah, you you cast Bruce. I was just, I'm remembering you. This is a, from a long time ago. <laughs> but I remember you saying, Here, here's, here's Christian Bale's Batman <laughs> working at CVS. We're running out of maxi pads. <laughs> oh, my God. I think that was from 2008. <laughs> yeah, no, from a long time ago. <laughs> Yeah, um, but he did a very silly voice, uh, and I love him for it, honestly. That's truly, the more time that passes, the the more fond of that voice I've been. Look, Nolan's movies are so good, but I want them to be known for being the silly voice trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> the silly voice trilogy, yeah. A lot yeah. of silly voices. There were a lot of silly voices in, in that trilogy. Because we haven't even talked about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, and all the all the um, all the, the the brilliant armchair psychologists will 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 now say, well, that's because Batman is really him, and he like his costume is Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yes, we know. You know, you're yeah, yeah. very smart for coming up with that. Yeah, and so I lo- I always loved Michael Keaton's uh, Bruce Wayne because it was so twitchy. Like he was trying so hard to act normal, not like a cocky playboy or anything like that, or some. Um, deranged billionaire. He was just trying to be like a normal person, and he was. You, you could see it. You could see it under the surface. Like, what the, the fuck's wrong with this guy? <laughs> is he is he gonna do something? <laughs> yeah, I think that is like there was always an edge. Like every scene, there's like a little bit of an edge of like, is this you know, is this guy all right? And yeah, it, it makes so many weird, amazing choices. Like when Robert Wool, because we'll never forget that Robert Wool is in the Robert first Wool, Batman. <laughs> Arliss himself. But when it's him and Vicky Vale are like just wandering through the rooms they're not supposed to be in and Wayne's party. And then he just comes in and they don't think that he's Bruce Wayne because why would you assume that this weird twitchy man is uh-huh. the, the rich billionaire who's throwing the party because he doesn't seem to have any authority or like interest or desire to be at a party yeah he just seems like a weird guy that's been hiding in this room as well yeah (laughs) (laughs) but then you see it like one of my favorite moments is again it's bruce shows up at vicky vale's apartment because he's going to admit he's going to tell her that he's batman he's trying to figure out how to do it and she actually thinks he's married because he's such a mess as he's trying he's like you know sometimes like you you live these lives and you he's like trying to explain it. it doesn't make any sense and then the Joker shows up and he, the man grabs a fire poker and says, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts as Bruce Wayne to the as Joker. Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And obviously he had a backup plan, but if we're just looking at that as this is just regular guy, Bruce Wayne, and there are several maniacs in the room with guns. He picked up a fire poker and started screaming at them. Yeah, which I think works just because you startle them because no yeah. one has ever. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck's wrong with this guy? <laughs> but no, he, he always had that of like, just, yeah, just the because look, I love Batman, but I don't think it's that hard to play Batman. But like, no. 
you know, he, you need a good chin. I think that's part of it. And then, and then like, yeah, you just, you know, like you said, I mean, the, the interesting part to play is Bruce Wayne. Cause I think, I think the chin and the costume do 90% of the work as Batman. Also, let's be real. The stunt man does (laughs) like a lot of the work. Yeah. Being Uh, Batman is easy. But, uh, but no, and, and I, so I will say that on that level, if you're on the fence about seeing the flash, if all you want to see is Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton, the shit out of the, unfortunately not large enough role that he has, but like, you have to know that it's a flash movie. I think they make the right decision that at its core, it has a complete Barry Allen storyline. So unfortunately, Like Michael Keaton is in it and he's prominently in it, but you know, he's not, it's not his movie. Nope. That, I mean, yeah, that's where they fucked up. Well, where they fuck up is if James Gunn doesn't see this and go like, okay, so now we do a Michael Keaton. Movie. Right. He's on board. Why not? Yeah. The, he's yeah. The, he's the bird man. Well, and you've introduced the idea that he's out there. He exists. Maybe we should make it. Let's just maybe you and I should make it. Let's do it. Let's let's call up Michael Keaton. We'll get him to do it. Cool. I have decent credit. I'll take out a loan to make Batman movie. That's good. I mean, isn't Batman's about to hit the public domain anyway, right? Oh yeah, any day. Yeah. Which man, I I laughed because uh, legit. Um, if you, if anyone who watches last week tonight already knows this, but legit Steamboat Willie is about to be public domain. And I saw on YouTube that Disney is promoting, they have a new short that has, that it seems to be a multiverse thing with Mickey in it, which whatever, but it has Steamboat Willie in it. And I was like, use him. Uh-huh. I was like, you got this is like when Sony makes a new Spider-Man movie every few years. Like you're just trying you gotta to do it. Yep. Yeah. You're trying to assert your your copyright laws. You're going to sue anyone. But but do, it's too late because Lars and I have already been working on a Steamboat Willie movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's already it's already done in anticipation. It's or like, like when Fox kept making those crappy Fantastic Four movies. Yeah. Hold on to those. <laughs> I mean, it worked out for them. They, the whole studio got bought just as like a write-off so that Disney could have those characters. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Trust me, they've probably run the numbers on buying Sony at this point just to get Spider-Man. Yes. I, yeah, I don't, I'm torn there because it would be cool. Um, No, you know what? I'm not torn anymore. I was going to say I was torn because, you know, the uh, cartoon, like Miles Morales is great in his movies. Those are great movies. But um, then Sony makes those shitty Spider-Man villain movies. So, yeah, no. Yeah. Let's just buy them up. Well, that is what's wild is that ever since Sam Raimi, Sony cannot make a live action Spider-Man movie that's any good. But and Spider-Verse. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, those are fantastic. They're all like, I actually had that because I, I saw the Across the Spider-Verse and I went into mm-hmm. like into the Spider-Verse. None of us had any idea. It was just a blank canvas. And again, I think the bar was low for Sony and Spider-Man. It's like, I hope this isn't terrible. Yeah. But then that one was good. And then they make another one and you're like, well, okay. 
How they yeah, get lightning doesn't strike twice, right? And then you're like, motherfuckers, lightning is striking. <laughs> I think that Lord and Miller are ridiculously talented, and I always then end up thinking about the fact that they were supposed to make that Han Solo movie and got fired, so that Ron <laughs> Howard could finish it. Yeah, yeah, but apparently it's still better than Rogue One. The fuck out of here. Um, also, no, I'm not. I'm not taking the bait. I'm not talking to you about Rogue One. <laughs> We've had enough. <laughs> um, also, like, it, it's hard to think of another a character that has stepped into another character's shoes and become just as beloved in such a short amount of time as Miles Morales, right? Like, if they came and said, you know, well, actually, this person is, I don't know, fucking Superman now. This person... Um, this person is Captain Captain America now, which they have done that as well. I was going to say, they've always... done all of those. There was an entire arc where there were where Superman died and they had four different... That's how we got the movie Steel. Yes, yes the, <laughs> the awesome Shaquille O'Neal vehicle, Steel. But yeah, um, they've tried but, to replace yeah, all no, they, superheroes. They, they, they've done all of that. And it's like, you get, you accept it or you don't accept it. Or like, you know, in the, in the case of Captain America, you know, that was already an established character or whatever. But just... Like now, if you ask someone, you know, um, uh, do you like Spider-Man? They'll be like, well, uh, Peter Parker or Miles Morales. And for it, by all rights, it should just be Peter Parker is Spider-Man. When you say Spider-Man, that's Peter Parker. If you say Miles Morales, you know you're talking about that Spider-Man. But it's not. Miles Morales is just as much Spider-Man as Peter Parker at this point because because of the way not only in the in the movies but in the um in the different runs in the comic books they just did a really good job with Miles. Yeah, you no, just, it's, you just accept him, you just do, you like him. Yeah, which to your point, yeah, it's an impossible task to because again, you're dealing with a character, you know, when it's Spider-Man it's like since the 1960s if you're talking about Superman or Batman, you're going back to the 30s like these characters with long history that have you know, this iconic status and Spider-Man being one of before the MCU, before all these movies, Spider-Man was always in that top five of like most recognizable superheroes of all time. And most definitely yeah, to create a new one and to have us all love Miles and to just yeah completely nail the character to make him interesting, to make him feel different from Peter Parker. But understand th what makes spider-man spider-man so it's like he's not the same character but he's also a genius with a really you know like stressful personal life that never quite works out and is always yeah. suffering because and of being spider-man that's it right like by all rights this should be the one <clears throat> peter parker should be the one that's the most irreplaceable because he was us he wasn't you know, um, he wasn't a hayseed from another planet or, you know, a, a deranged billionaire or an uh, an alcoholic weapons manufacturer or an American flag that punches people. He None of that. <laughs> he was just us. He was this Dorcas who couldn't get his life together, but also but also he was Spider-Man. And yeah. so you would think he, he's the one that's going to be more precious than any of them. And I think he was. And I think that's a real testament to... Uh, how well taken care of Miles Morales was as a as a character from the beginning. It's really great. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, yeah, very, 
like I think it's unprecedented. I, I can't think of another example of a character no, that's been that accepted. accepted so quickly. No, I yeah. really can't. Yeah, those movies are great. But man, it is wild. I don't know, like that we're just in the era of multiverses. <laughs> like that we're it's all over the damn place. All over the place. Sorry, I had a hiccup. Yeah, like just I never thought we'd reach a saturation point with multiverses, but we might have hit it. Which is it's funny too, because again, being a nerd who read comics like as a kid, this stuff is nothing new, but it's weird that it is at probably at the height that it will ever be in popular culture, where People are just like, oh, another multiverse movie. And it's funny because you watch The Flash and they still, they have to explain in The Flash how a multiverse works to those characters. And they all do. But it's like, yeah, we all know at this point. Like, at this point, yeah. yeah. If, we're, if we bought a ticket, then we already know what the hell it is. But yes. And I think it's, we know it because we grew up reading comic books. And it was kind of, more often than not, you know, I'm painting with broad strokes here. It was a shortcut. It was just, we need to get out of this story or we need to get into another one. We kind of want to introduce this brand new element or world and we don't know how to get there. Uh, Multiverse something or other. And then everyone makes the jack off motion with their hands and then they just write that thing and it's good or it's not. And yeah, but like as soon as the movies fell into that, it's just, oh, we can we can do anything now. So just do do that and then just say multiverse. Yeah. Yeah. Many a soft reboot has uh, happened in Uh comics because of multiverses. Yeah. Oh, look, a new episode or a new issue one. Great. Uh There we go. It's always the move. Wait, we had an old 52. What the hell? Oh, oh, the new 52. (laughs) That was that one worked. That was because we all still follow it. That obviously was the solution. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still, I'm still fucking ankle deep in Batgirl. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I obviously could talk about Batman all day, but we got to talk about the hottest, most controversial show of the summer. Look, you you told me about this show um, two minutes before we started recording, so I was looking stuff up. I don't know what the fuck this is. Yeah, yeah, I've, I told you that I wanted to talk about this, and I said, I want to talk about The Idol, and you said, what is The Idol? And I was like, I knew it was going to be good. I knew we were in good hands with this, because... I can tell you it looks and sounds insufferable. Yeah, so if if you're like Lars and you're not familiar, it is the new show, you know, as soon as uh, Succession ended, this is the new <sighs> Max... Show. <laughs> uh, you know that that's filling that sunday night the the storied uh you know when you go back through history through all of the years that max has existed and uh you know it's not tv it's max and that max uh sunday night slot that, oh yeah big one that the sopranos you know all all the great max Who shows knew arliss would be coming up twice in the same show <laughs> but uh but yeah, so the show The Idol, it uh it stars Lily Rose Depp and it stars uh Abel the Weekend Tesfe and uh it's both he he not just stars in it, he co-created it with Sam Levinson, uh you know, famous Nepo baby slash uh-huh. creator of Euphoria. 
And uh, it's a show that was delayed in its release because of controversy slash reboot slash behind the scenes drama. It was unclear when it would ever be released. And it is now out in the world. And (laughs) Molly and I have been watching it. Uh, I think it's fair to say hate watching it. Yeah. How? this? God, it looks like it just looks irritating. But what I mostly want to talk about, the reason I bring it up is my favorite thing that's been happening is... So, you have The Weeknd, right? Who... I know that we're old, but he... He's a huge pop star. He wrote that Blinding okay, Lights song. I, I, have, I, I bought a couple of his records, as a matter of fact. I like his music. Yeah. And, I, and he's a guy that hugely successful musician and and isn't really well known on his personal life, right? Like, he's, he's just a guy who releases hit songs, you know, and he, he's had a lot of success with that. And then he does this show. And it's been very funny because... I think it's fair to say that the reaction is probably not going the way that he hoped that it was going. And it's just, it's funny to to me, someone who started with like, basically like a successful blank canvas. And then it's like, well, we don't know you, but now you're going to act in this show and you created this show. So this is going to tell us something about who you are. And it's, you know, people are making fun of him in the show making fun of his uh so basically the setup is the character Jocelyn that Lily Rose Depp plays is sort of heavily influenced by like Britney Spears or any kind of pop star like that she's her mom has died like a year ago she's struggling with personal stuff she's trying to release a new like comeback song and then this guy this charismatic guy comes into her life that she meets at a club and he has this sort of, you know, um, like, uh, you know, like this hold on her that he, she's so immediately attracted to him that he begins manipulating her and controlling her career, you know, and like influencing the music that she releases. And he, of course, plays this character who's, uh, who comes into her life. But the thing is, like, he, does not come across, I think, how he probably envisioned himself coming across in the show of like, I'm cool, sexy guy. I'm cool, sexy, dangerous guy. Oh, boy. And I have a clip for you, Lars, and then we're going to talk about it because. Okay, okay. Let's, let's do this. Okay, so I'm going to warn everyone. I'm about to play a clip from the show. It is a sexually explicit show. It's an sexually explicit clip. So I'm warning you on that level, but I'm also just warning you. That uh, it's this is embarrassing that you're going to be listening to this. And so, like, you know, if you're like somewhere public and you've, <laughs> you know, you oh, want people boy. to like know that you're what hearing. Is, what are we about to listen to on our it's, anniversary, Joe? It's well, it's a clip of the weekend being sexy. OK, let's hear it. This is a sexy scene from episode two of The Idol mm-hmm. where he and Jocelyn are in the bedroom and he's going to he's doing some sexy talk to her. To tell her, he's literally sitting in a chair like a cool oh teacher. You know, yeah. he's got like the backwards chair. He's sitting there watching her. She's in bed and he's going to tell her all the sexy things. All the sexy things. Okay, everyone, we're about to listen to a Canadian bisexual. It's going to be weird. Oh, yeah. Just like that, baby. 
What yeah. just happened? <laughs> I wish you could see what I'm looking at right now. How beautiful you look. You look like a dream. Just do it. Shut up. <laughs> Imagine my tongue on your pussy. Make that, make that throat wet for me, yeah. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Turn around for me, baby. Turn around. Yeah. Open your legs. Yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. choke on it. Yeah, choke on it. Oh, fucking stretch that tiny little pussy. Stop it. Oh, stop uh. it. I'm just suck my cock. I don't, I don't think that was very sexy. Okay, so we had to get through that, and I apologize to everyone. <laughs> but yes, if, if in case it, you couldn't you couldn't hear it on the on the microphone, my wife did come in here and ask me if I was okay. Yes, yeah, but that's why I tried to warn everyone. It's very embarrassing if this plays uh, in public or when people oh, are around. Oh my but, god! No, I I want I felt like people, especially because it's audio. It's an audio medium, so I actually think it's the perfect medium to really experience what his performance is giving all of us. Uh, but I wanted to bring it up to say GQ had two articles that I truly love that came out of this. The first is The Idol Just Gave Us the Worst Sex Scene in History, written by Lucy Ford, <laughs> mm-hmm. which the whole thing, I highly recommend reading her entire thing. It cracked me up. But it's just this, I think, is a good breakdown of of the scene and the show. That the episode's climactic scene, metaphorically speaking, of course, because no one comes in the show, ends postcoital with Depp topless and Tess Faye still buttoned up to the neck, is all the proof that Levinson and Tess Faye are simply just two children in a trench coat. To them, sex is as follows: a woman gets turned on because a man exists. Then something messy and weird happens in the middle. We won't say it is, but trust us, we've definitely had sex before. And finally, when it's over, she lets them know that it was the best time she's ever had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think this this headline might say it all. This is from movieweb.com. HBO's The Idol blasted for mocking intimacy coordinators. Quote, I felt betrayed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's there's all sorts of things with the show. In the first episode, they lock an intimacy coordinator in a bathroom because it, the intimacy coordinator is ruining the vibe of a photo Jesus shoot. Jesus Christ. What, why did you let me know that this exists? Because... And why did you just play me that piece of um, <laughs> audio contraception? <laughs> because I just think it's very funny that... 
people wrote this like he wrote it and stars in it and performs in it and to me i think his performance is up there with with all the greats with uh paul t goldman if people watch that show with uh larry david when he's being sexy <laughs> and oh, curb boy. your enthusiasm with uh you know, the room with Tommy Wiseau's acting, just all of the sure, sure. people who have had too much control over every aspect. Yeah, yeah aspect. There, there comes a there comes a point, right? Like when you're hanging out with um with your buddies and for some reason, and look, don't ask me to explain it because it happens. Um, someone simulates jerking off. We all eventually simulate jerking off for one reason or another. A long enough timeline. And you come to realize after a while, oh, that's, I guess we're just seeing how he does it. That's, that's how, that's how my <laughs> friend jerks off. I, yeah. I just witnessed it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what you're showing us. That's what you're showing us. The weekend is, um, you, <laughs> you, you're just, you're just a verbal prophylactic. <laughs> Well, this is what I love, right? So all of this came out and then GQ, God bless them, because they're doing the real work here, followed up and they interviewed him about the episode after their own publication ran the, it just gave us the, the like, uh-huh. uh, the worst sex scene in history. Then they went and talked to him about it. But the interviewer says, asked this question, they say, but how are we supposed to view that? Like at one point in the series, the characters are watching Basic Instinct. So it comes across as a nod to your influence, your influences, that maybe you're trying to recapture that feeling of eroticism in cinema. But to hear you describe it now, we're not supposed to find that scene in episode two overtly sexy. And he says, no, there's nothing sexy about it. When we use Basic Instinct as a reference, we're using Verhoeven. Verhoeven is the king of 90s satire thriller. Yes, there's moments of sexy in his films, but there are other moments that are very cheesy and hilarious. However you are feeling watching that scene, whether it's discomfort or you feel gross or you feel embarrassed for the characters, it's all those emotions adding up to this guy is in way over his head. The situation is one where he's not supposed to be here. So he's now backpedaling. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly, that's exactly what Trump said when he told everyone to drink bleach. He goes, I was being sarcastic. Yeah. The fuck you were, man. No, that's how you do it. Oh boy, that is really embarrassing. He just I, would not shut up. It wasn't that. I mean, that wasn't. Um, that wasn't like a supercut of him talking. No, that that's was literally real time. just all he in just a row. Keeps, he just keeps on saying stupid, gross stuff. No, that clip is a minute and a half long. I edited it down because oh it technically God. this scene goes longer than that. But that is a completely unedited one and a half minutes of the show. I can't even call it gross. Gross, gross would intimate that it was like, it, it might be, you know, salacious, but it's not salacious at all. It's just a, a man like kind of talk whispering, um, stupid things, <laughs> very stupid things. It's like someone having, someone having sex for the first time. And they only know, they only know sex from porn. So they're like, that. this is how people have sex, right? Well, it's like, I mean, to your point, yeah, they, what you were saying before, too, of like, I think this show is how The weekend finds out that he's bad at sex. Like, I yeah, think he's I think learning it. it. I think we're there. Yep. <laughs> Which, I'm by looking the way, at this cast list, and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Why? Why? you, um, Dan Levy, what are you doing? Jane Adams. Elizabeth Berkeley. 
That makes sense. <laughs> Hank Azaria, come on, you come on. You Hank Azaria, who's been one of the highlights too. Like him and uh, Jane Adams have been awesome. Both, like and, I think oh, they're both good in the show. And Eli Roth as Andrew Finkelstein. I'm sure that's a very nuanced performance <laughs> from Eli Roth. So far, to my knowledge, he he's only shown up once, and he had trouble getting through a security gate because they didn't know who he was. His okay. character. Uh, by the well, way, I I do want to share like the it looks like they're here. Here's what I it looks like is going to happen is that HBO is going to cancel this series before the last episode even airs. And they're going to say it's a, it was a limited series and it was meant to always be a limited series. I hope and so. It, it of course is not. It's it's on IMDb. It says TV series 2023 and then to be determined. So they never meant it to be a limited series, but I think that's what's going to happen. Well, and what's insane is if you really read all this stuff, like they, they spent a ton of money on reshoots. Like Sam Levinson came in and reshot like a show that was almost done to get us to this version. <laughs> this is the reshot Ooh. version. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I have one more quote from this interview with him because I still think it's funny that he's really trying to backpedal now. But he said... With Idol, it's a little trickier for me because I initially never wrote it with me in mind. That's just the truth. But as years went by, Sam convinced me and had some really great ideas for the show. And I got to a place where the only way I could play this role was if it was something completely different from who I am. (laughs) (laughs) It's not me. Guys, I know. Look, however you feel, that's how you're supposed to feel not meant to be sexy and also it's not me and i didn't want to play the role of this show that i created and starred yeah. in also i'm not even in that show i'm not even the weekend i'm not i don't even live in this country you're dreaming right now everyone's having mass hysteria but no so don't watch this show what's the tv um <laughs> No, it's it's my favorite thing. Like honestly, is just <laughs> how bad it's going for him. That like you know, you know that he was like, oh, and one of the other great things is in the same interview they ask him if there's any scenes that he is excited for that are coming up and he's like, uh-huh. "No, nothing specific." And it's like that dude does not want to commit to saying that any upcoming scenes are good. Yeah. <laughs> Because then it's oh he, he said this was the good one. This is yeah. the good one. This is his favorite scene. Because his I, favorite scene. He, he said I, he was proud of this. I bet you he was going around being like, oh, in, in, in episode two, there's this real sexy scene that we do. It's so sexy. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, uh, weekend. I imagine everyone calls him weekend. Weekend. Sure. Why you sit? Why you sitting in that raft? Oh, my sex scene's about to air, and I don't want to drown in all the pussy. <laughs> that makes sense. Good job, weekend. You did it again. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, my dad was weekend. You can call me the. It's it was that's a it was that was a huge misstep. It looks like he really swung for it, but you missed the thing to have done. And there would probably be people to refute this, but the thing to have done would have been to say, "I'm a virgin." And (laughs) I was just acting on a fantasy, Uh, but I'm actually a virgin. So I don't know how I have sex because I haven't yet. Yeah. Which he didn't have to say, because I think it's the unspoken truth. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know how a woman's breast is like a bag of sand? (laughs) 
<laughs> it is that exact energy. Be so horny, be so stupid. <laughs> Which I think what we're really saying is that the weekend definitely has one of those uh, plastic models of a vagina in his yeah. home somewhere. <laughs> Where does the penis go? <laughs> oh man, what a great movie! Yeah. Anyway, well, well, listen. Thinking of speaking of bad things that happened, I wanted to talk to you about um, a movie that came out a long time ago called The Last Airbender. Sure. Now Which, I have, been, have it, did you ever watch that cartoon series? By the way, um, no, I've never like I've, I'm aware of it and I've seen bits of it, but I've never like sure. sat down and watched it. Fair enough. I was re-watching it because it's been however long, like probably more than 15 years at this point. And I just read it's really it's really quick. It's a really quick watch, but also because it, it's a bunch of fun. It's like it's 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 goofy, but also serious and epic and, you know, like seriously, like laugh out loud funny. Sometimes it, it's a good, it's a really good show. It was a really popular show. It's you know, it was good. And so. Also, to be it. clear, the show is called Avatar. They couldn't call the movie that because of James Cameron. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Had a little bit of competition. So I'm watching it and I'm trying to remember whether or not I watched the movie. And I still don't. I still don't remember if I saw that movie. And it just got me thinking. I looked up. I went online and just started reading about the movie because I was trying to figure out where it all went wrong. Um, or just not figure out. Try to understand. Because the... If your model is that TV show, it's all there, you know, and it's simple. Right. You know, you keep you keep it light when it's supposed to be light. And when it gets really dark and heavy, you can still, like, keep it kind of light because it's for kids or whatever. But, like, the blueprint is there and it looks easy to me. I've never made a movie. But just, like, there are four elementals, a fire bad, everyone else good, and then there's some enter fighting. It's, it's all there. It's fine. And I was trying to figure out what went wrong. And I haven't, and I still don't remember if I've seen this damn movie. And this um, was, uh, it was M. Night Shyamalan at like the height of his powers, this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say it was on the the other side of the peak, but yeah, yeah, it, it, it was still up there. Was, this, was it before or after The Happening? Because to me, The Happening is where the wheels came off. I think it was before. Yeah. I don't remember. But like, yeah, I mean, not the peak of like his films, but I think the P like he got this movie made. It was an expensive, big budget. We have a lot of faith in you movie. A lot of faith. Yeah. We're going to give, we're going to give you this IP. It's very popular. This is kind this is like, we're throwing underhand here. Right. With this movie, because there's a built in audience. Right. Yeah. People want to see it. They like you. Like, that's <laughs> what I'm trying to get is like, at the time this came out, people really believed that M night Shyamalan he had the juice and he was going to make a good movie that the fans wanted to see. Yes. And it, it didn't happen. Notoriously, famously, it's bad. Right. And I was so in trying to understand, I, I'm a, I'm a medium to casual fan of this show. So I decided to go to the IMDB um, reviews, user reviews and read what the fans thought about it and even if it's just, i thought even if it's just ranting and raving they'll be ranting and raving about specific things like like what what didn't work was it like was it everything was it the character what was it i came across this little gem all right this is a user review this is a user review um you can go on imdb and find it right now if you if you'd like um keytron wallace 
it looks like uh, the user's the username is. This was left on April fifteenth, twenty twenty. Um, we this all had a recent, like a hands. fairly recent rewatch. Do you have like yes. <laughs> what? So I'm a month into COVID lockdowns, and I'm gonna yep. rewatch or watch we for the were first all time. Watching a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. We got time. We all have it time. Makes sense. Yep. Yeah. The the title of the review. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm envious. Ooh, so, I thought it was going to be. I'm disappointed. I thought it was going right. to. Right, it wasn't. Well, I'm. Re- I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to read. I'm going to read this one. It's just a quick paragraph, but I'll, I'm going to read it to you now. <clears throat> no one, literally, no one in America has a job they could pull an M Night Shyamalan at their place of business and <laughs> still be asked to continue working. If I pulled an M night at my job, I'd be fired and then sued for negligence. I could have left this review years ago, but I needed to grow. I needed to experience the world in all its ambiguity. I wanted to come back to this movie, a changed man, a more mature man (laughs) with a new perspective. I am changed. I have a wife. I have a beautiful baby girl. I hate this movie. I would trade it all to be M night Shyamalan. <laughs> oh man. That is, that's up there with the, like, you know, the, um, Jesse Pinkman, you know, how does he keep getting away with it? Like desperation yeah, yeah. <laughs> for breaking back. If it cracked me up, I was like, man, this was, this was simmering for years. He was like, I, I'm not leaving this one. He saw this as a boy and it hurt him so much. He's like, I'm not doing anything about it now. You know, he's going to like, he's going to Hamlet this. I'm going to grow up and be a man and then I will seek my revenge. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It couldn't have come at a better time because there's, there are so many, um, shitty movies coming out now this is supposed to be like summer blockbuster season but that in the past few years has been you know here's all the shitty movies that make all the money well that is you know and that's kind of what i was touching on before that we're just at this point where yeah i i don't know if this is like just getting old (laughs) Like, whatever but i do think a lot of it is just again the endless ip loop of just there's a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie coming out this year. There's a new Transformers movie coming out this year. Like, it's just... The what else? I don't know. movie looks What's good, that? too. And I think that's the thing, right? Is every once in a while, they get it absolutely right. Yeah. So and they you just never know. throwing it at the wall. Because even when they get it wrong, they make tons of money. Well, yeah. I mean, all this stuff has a built-in. And it's such a global box office now that... You know, from what I understand, the Michael Bay Transformers movies always stayed afloat because they were pretty easy to watch without. You didn't need to know English like the dialogue didn't yep. matter. So they translated I mean, well they to destroy in China. China yeah. loves those Transformers movies. But like, yeah, it's just a strange thing where it's like you. I don't know. I guess it is like, you know, too much of a good thing. You know, of you would assume if you had told me when I was a kid as an adult, like, oh, you'd get so many. Like, again, I mean, Batman to me was always something special. And every time we got a Batman movie, it meant so much to me. Of like, oh my God, there's a new Batman movie. <laughs> it's like it did hit a point where like, oh, they're just going to, they're going to keep making these. 
They're never going to stop. And Star Wars, I mean, the core of this show when we started was talking about Batman and Star Wars. And if you told me that with both of them, I'd hit a point where it's like, okay, can we like ease up? Yo, yo, you let up off the gas a little bit. Yeah. Breathe for a second. Yeah. Which like, I've, you know, Batman still kind of has my heart, but with Star Wars, I'm really picking and choosing at this point. (laughs) Like, fair enough. Yeah. Look, I still have to remind myself that, you know, I was I was born in 1982. The Empire Strikes Back came out in 1983. I grew up loving Star Wars with no new Star Wars. There were some, you know, there were some novels that for the most part I was too young to read or be interested in reading and a few comic books, but that's it, but there was nothing until 1999 and then that's what we got. Right. You know, it was it was nothing. And like for you, I mean, you're until you were what eight, nine years old. There was there there was no Batman. Even the comic books weren't good in the eighties, right? There was, yeah. When I was a kid, I mean, there like, was you could watch reruns of the Adam West Batman, and yeah, there were co- like I read the comics, and I guess uh, Night, Nightfall, the Nightfall series was in the eighties, right? What eighty eight? No, that was uh, that was the I think that was. Was that I want to say it was 91. Like it was, oh, it was either like it was early 90s, the nightfall. Mm. Uh, but yeah, like Dennis O'Neill was a great editor for Batman and he did some really great stuff that started like in the late 80s. But yeah, I mean, the idea like the Keaton Batman was a really exciting thing. And it, it's insane to think about now, but it was, you know, sort of a question of like, well, we had these 70s Superman movies that did well, but like. I don't know. Will will people watch a Batman movie? <laughs> like, is there an interest right. in it? And now, you know, obviously every superhero with even a moderate amount of like a following can get a standalone movie. <laughs> you know, the Suicide Squad had got two movies and they were a pretty niche, you know, comic book until <laughs> they got the films. Yeah, it was a barren wasteland. You know, that Spider-Man 2 came out. And we all collectively shit our pants because, th- look, that first one was was okay, and I know it did well, but this is a Spider-Man movie. They actually made Spider-Man, and then, and then you know, Spider-Man movies keep coming out. It was it was more of a a threat than anything else. We're making a new Spider-Man. Oh no no oh no 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 no. <laughs> I try to remind myself sometimes that seeing. The first Sam Raimi Spider-Man in the theater and watching Spider-Man just swing through New York City was mind-blowing at the time. (laughs) Like, oh, that's what it looks like. Like, it's so weird now because there's been so many movies and there's video games and you can swing through the city now. (laughs) Like, Yeah, yeah. But, like, it was... You know, like just so dynamic. And I think that's one of the best things that Raimi captured was just that joy of swinging through the city. And you had never seen it before. No. And, and it looked real. And yeah. You, you know, obviously intellectually knowing it's not real, but it looks real. And that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just it's a strange time to be in now where I mean, like Oppenheimer it, to me is the only big movie coming out this summer that isn't i mean i guess you could argue that the atomic bomb is ip but well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, it's the original American IP, you know. Uh, but uh, but you know what I, I cannot mean. help it. I cannot help it. Anytime someone says the name of that movie, I go in my head. Oppenheimer style. That's <laughs> <laughs> a curse. But like, you know what I mean? It's not it's not based on comics. It's not based nope. on a pre-existing movie. It's not a remake. It's a new movie from Christopher Nolan mm-hmm. that like, but that's the, the only big movie I can think of that doesn't have some pre-existing tie in to something. Sure. And look, this is a vast, a, a vast landscape where they're making people are thankfully able to make lots of movies, lots of different movies, lots of different people making like long movies and short movies and documentaries. So you're, there's no lack of them. And cause there's also plenty um, avenues um, in which to watch, but yeah, it, it seems like what makes money is what people are familiar with. Well, you know, I don't um, even know if that's no. true. It's just because everything everywhere all at once was a huge success. And that was original. It's just I mean, like a huge success in which way, though? Right. Because it didn't even get a wide release in the theaters. It did. eventually. I mean, it over time got that time, sure. you know, but it had to build no, but to I that. Mean, like, look, yeah. I'm with you. I, I completely agree. And it it was successful. It made money. It also won awards. It got a lot of recognition. Absolutely. It didn't break, you know. You know, one and a half billion dollars worldwide. And that's what that's how success is measured is we made a bunch of money off this thing. Well, the problem is, like everything in America, there's no middle class anymore. <laughs> there's right. no mid tier budget movie. There are right. blockbusters and there are I'm doing air quotes for the phrase independent movies because those right. are just like low budget prestige films that sure. studios make. But there's no mid-budget movie anymore, except at A24, who made everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. They make those kind of movies. but A24 makes those movies. But Which is why they are my favorite studio these days, of like, I will give them a chance on anything, because they do really creative stuff. But, yes. uh, but yeah, I mean, like, all the big studios, they they make things that are very expensive to make that have to have some kind of guaranteed return on investment. Yeah, yeah, and now, and now we're getting now we're down to the nitty gritty. It always happens in every episode. It is just because they have to grow every quarter. They have yeah. to have profit every single quarter from now until the end of time, which is totally sustainable. Sure. Yeah, capitalism seems super sustainable. Like yeah, it seems yeah. like it's <laughs> very, very much so. Uh, you know, what my least favorite trend is I'll, I'll leave it here. Of like this year's big trend that is super annoying to me. Is that we've just reached this point where we're now just making movies about people who made products. So like, oh yeah, there, there was a Tetris movie this year. Yep, there was a movie about the the white guys who made Air Jordans. Yep, and there's now a movie about the guy who made Flaming Hot Cheetos. Flaming Hot Cheetos. Those are three movies released this year about. People who made successful products. Oh, I didn't even mention the BlackBerry one. I was just about to say, and the BlackBerry movie. Yep. So four movies this year about people who made products. Yeah, people who made products. Look, we made a thing. We made money off a thing. Michael Jordan isn't even in that damn movie. No. Like, is... Michael Jordan the man or Michael Jordan the character. That's not, the dumbest one, movie. right? 
That movie's got to be the dumbest of the four of them. People seem to like it. I don't know. I'll wait. I don't usually pay money to go watch people like um, sit and talk quietly with one another. So I'll just. I'll just it also that movie has my least favorite uh, device in any film, hmm. where it does the thing in the trailer. The the I I guess you can call this dramatic irony, but that feels generous. But the moment where. This is the version in this movie, but there's a lot of versions of this in a lot of movies where it's Ben Affleck's character is talking to someone and he's like, what do you call it? And the guy goes, the Air Jordan. And then he makes like a sour face and is like, you're like, that's a bad name because because we know Uh we know what a good name it is because it's such a successful product. (laughs) But it's like they do that in like every fifth superhero movie where it's like. What's your superhero name? Well, I'm Green Lantern. And it's like, that's a dumb name. You know, it's just like this very forced wink at the audience that I truly despise. Yeah, that does. It's embarrassing for everyone who does that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're going to do it, I want a 10 minute version of it. Like, I think that's the yeah, only move. Look, this is why this is why you got to hand it. Um, to Weird Al's movie because he that's what it is nothing but those over the top winks right I want to I want to make song parodies for a living <laughs> you should do that yeah. <laughs> no but like you know what I mean like wouldn't that be great if it was just uh, you know you had the what do you call it the Air Jordan and then it's just immediately fuck you you're fired security and they drag the guy out and they just beat him That'd and be like great and, and then, then the rest like, of the movie yeah. becomes like them trying to get away with that grisly murder. <laughs> and then it's like, wait, the only way we can get away with the murder is if we call it the Air Jordans. Because if they know that we hated the name, uh-huh. they'll know that we murdered the guy. But this if we why- use if we use the name, uh-huh. then then they will we'll have no motive. What you're what you're what you're talking about right now is the reason why I don't watch biopics anymore. Oh, they're um, the worst. It's, it's my least it's favorite genre. character, I might. But the music ones, I'm not watching them anymore. I'm not. I kept trying. And they kept... I think the last one I watched was Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm like, never again. Well, I'm never doing this again. It It's just obnoxious. I do. Bohemian Rhapsody, has, it does a funny thing. And Straight Outta Compton does it too. Which is... It's not oh. enough of a reason to watch these movies. But I do love the movies where the like surviving members uh-huh. of the band who have all the power uh-huh. get to rewrite history in the it's movie. It's so dumb. Straight, Straight out of Compton was especially guilty of that because everything bad that happened was Easy es fault. Yep. And they did, the rest of those guys did nothing wrong. They were just rascals who were experiencing success. Right. Yeah, it does that. But then Bohemian Rhapsody is hilarious because it's like Freddie, Mer- pretend Freddie Mercury is like, hey, rest of the band. I just want you to know that you are an equal part of this success to me, Freddie Mercury. We're all <laughs> responsible for this music being so good. Whether, I'm saying uh, that. Whether we all stay alive or one of us dies, we are all in this together. You are just as important as Freddie Mercury to this band. And I should know I'm Freddie Mercury. And if I am dead in the future, well, then I can't. <laughs> I can't say that this never happened. Uh-huh, uh-huh. This is it's the so only dumb. account that we that, have of this. You know what else happens in that movie is they have to, um, w- well, he, yeah, here this here was an irritating scene. You got Mike Myers as a, um, as a studio producer doing a bad accent. 
Mike Myers thinks his British accent is so good. It is not. And uh, it's so as they good as keep mine, giving him. Instance. They keep giving him parts. Yep. Yeah. So he's arguing with them that they like uh best friend. Um, you're my best friend should be the single and not Bohemian Rhapsody and that to fight him on it. Again, this really is also for- a version of what I was just talking about because the wink yep. at the audience is that real life Mike Myers loves Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah he's saying it in that movie he's famous for being in. Yeah. And so Shrek. Um the the thing the thing the thing about it is one never happened because Bohemian Rhapsody was was obviously a hit. Right. They just wanted to release a song that was a little shorter beforehand because Bohemian Rhapsody is kind of a long song. Right. But also um Best Friend was a was a huge hit. Right. Like, he wouldn't be really wrong. Paying, they're paying this executive like you dumbass. It's Bohemian Rhapsody. When no, he had it right. That is a huge hit. They still play that on the radio. Yeah. They played on the radio more than Bohemian Rhapsody because it's a shorter song that that's easier to listen to, and that's the kind of crap they do every in every single one of these fucking movies. But you know, if it's a a musician or um or um or an actor or uh, or someone who invented a dumb product, we all know about. It's always it's always that it's paint yeah. by numbers, and the numbers are dumb. Well, there always has to be the character that believes that it won't work. That's against them, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's always silly. We've, there's now been two great parodies of the music biopic. We first got, uh, the Dewey Cox, you know, walk hard, which nailed it. And then somehow weird out came along and because they kept making them and nailed it again. And they don't change the format, even though they've been dunked on twice. Yeah. They dumb format. They just keep on doing it, I guess, because like, look, Look, um, uh, Rami Malek won an Oscar for that performance with those silly teeth. <clears throat> um, so never forget yeah, that we could have had Sasha Baron Cohen play Freddie Mercury. That would have been great. It would have been great. I don't know. I wish they could have made that made that work. I don't know if I if I keep on talking about it, it's going to sound like I'm talking shit about specific people. But like one out of every eight of these biopics actually work and make money but even if it works and makes money it's still pretty stupid to watch yes. i couldn't even finish straight out of Compton because i thought it was such a hit job on easy e and yeah. they would not take responsibility for any of the fucked up shit they did but then i thought well why would they they're all wealthy and this movie can't be made without their permission so yeah they're but not- that scene at the <laughs> end where dr dre invents headphones is really good <laughs> There's a scene in that movie where um, uh, uh, where Ice Cube is um, at a word processor and he's like typing and he goes, you got knocked the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be good. What, what, what is that? Did he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're all so dumb. That's why. I mean, <laughs> go watch Weird, the Al Yankovic story. I think that's what we're all trying to say. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's going to do it for us. That's it. So remember, question everything. Uh, Joe Mikko Catholas is a Protestant. Bingle balls. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Bingle balls. <laughs> Hobo Radio is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one.
in a world where people watch movies. I think I'm going to watch a movie. Sometimes they don't like what they see. I don't like this movie. But sometimes they look for the silver lining. Wait a second. I like this part of this movie. Joel and Andy do that work for you. The Silver Linings Playback. I like this part of this podcast where they tell me the part of the movie I like. Every Monday on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts.